The IDP Pros Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash edge to get started today. The IDP Pro Manager Pod is a proud member of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, home of the hottest, smartest, and fastest-growing sports gambling and fantasy football providers and professional sports entertainment to date. And now, without any further delay, here are your veteran senior IDP pros, Craig and Gary. Slacking, I mean sacking, today's hottest NFL IDP. Damn it, sorry about that. Friday, June 9th, 2023. At time of this recording, this is episode 16 of the IDP Pros Manager Pod. I'm Craig Reith, and with me as always, Gary, the IDP tipster. Gary, first full week of June, summer's Trump coming around the corner here. How are things going for you? It's going great, and you mentioned the 16. Uh, wow. I mean, it, it, actually, because I guess our years uh, together and getting defensive, I know we had a little break last year, brother, but uh, it, it seems like we've been doing this forever. 16, huh? All right. Well, we will get right into it. Of course, we have news for you guys here, and uh, some of this we'll talk about a little bit more. First one's more speculative. It says the Colts cornerback Isaiah Rogers is reportedly linked into the NFL's gambling investigation as far as a Colts player that was on the list, and Rogers is sort of penciled in as a potential starter, so could matter for some IDP leagues out there if it ends up actually being correct. We'll find out later when the results of that investigation are finalized. Some news that we do know that has been finalized here, Jordan Schultz reported that the Broncos signed Edge Frank Clark, formerly of the Chiefs, Seahawks, a bunch of teams there, to a one-year $5.5 million contract that can be worth up to $7.5 million. So, you know, there's some news out already. It sounds like Baron Browning's recovering from an injury, Jonathan Cooper's looking good at OTAs. Of course, they have Randy Gregory. Kind of seems like Randy Gregory and Frank Clark are going to be the two starting edge players here. How do you feel about Frank Clark going there? You know, he's kind of going to a different role. You know, with the yeah. Chiefs, it was more of a hand down on the dirt. He'll be more mm-hmm. standing up here. You know, he's sort of done both of them before. But how do you like the fit? I got to tell you, it really has piqued my interest because, I mean, you know, Frank Clark's always been an outlier. His first season with uh, Seattle, you know, looked like the next big thing coming into the league, coming out of, uh, I believe, it was Michigan. <clears throat> Michigan, I think. I, I can't believe I said that twice. Go Buckeyes. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> when it come when it come to Clark, you know, then he showed up in Kansas City. He's been half productive of the, that first year. And it, it likely or could possibly be – because of the type of role that he played. Yeah. I mean, he is capable of getting after the quarterback. He can put the pressures on. He was only blitzed like a dozen times officially, according to pro football reference last season. It'll be interesting to see how Denver utilizes him, which I'm going to mention looking at ESPN, like I love picking apart depth charts, but I believe they inserted him as a interior defensive end. So make sure that you double check where you're, you're looking at him. Uh, he should be an outside linebacker. I think uh, Baron Browning is just going to take the back seat to start the season. I think he's still questionable. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. Then we have Randy Gregory, which he's got to come up. So I actually like this addition. The addition is Zach Allen too. Um, it, it's a becoming a little bit 
more interesting IDP front five, front seven, whatever in this situation. So um, I, I think that I'm going to start grabbing Frank Clark and a few best balls. Yeah, I think that's probably the best spot or waiting to see what his role actually ends up being. He's sort of played a rotational role the past couple of years there in Kansas City. You know, the first couple of years he did pretty well for him. The past two years, you know, he's had 29, 39 combined tackles, but then four and a half, five sacks, four and eight tackles for a loss. Like you said, how he was used there really wasn't great for IDP production, and that's how we're looking at it. I do think it's a better real-life move. It's another veteran there for some of those younger edge players to learn from, and he's had productive years, sort of three Mm -hmm. full years in Seattle, if you want to call it that, because his rookie year, 2015, Mm -hmm. he only had three sacks. He didn't do a whole lot, but then he had 10, 9, and 13 sacks those other three years in Seattle so he does have it in him you know he is getting older it's going to be 30 this year I do think it is a good move for a team that's looking to contend and of course being able to poach someone from a division rival and get whatever insight you can from them never bad when you're trying to go up against and dethrone the Chiefs so good real life move we'll have to see how it plays out for fantasy but definitely some potential interest there depending on how it shakes out Another edge player, although we're going to the other conference, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that teams have been calling the Vikings about trading for edge Daniil Hunter. Rumored sort of to be traded potentially last offseason, and now they're popping up again. Of course, it sounds like the Vikings are going to be getting rid of Gary Cover Your Ears, Delvin Clark on the offensive (laughs) side, whether it's by a trade for a late-day pick or something or just cutting him. They're sort of going into money-saving mode. Kind of feels like they're not sure that they're actually going to be a contender here, but Gary, do you think he ends up getting traded? Yeah, I think anybody in Minnesota would probably, other than maybe Jefferson, uh, I think anybody could probably be had for the right price. Uh, they didn't really like uh, replace uh, Jadarius Smith with a top-end talent. It doesn't look like, to most of us, I believe, that Minnesota is going to be competing this year or that they're going through more of a definitely on defense uh, going through a transition to youth that they've yep. drafted over the last, cu- last couple of years. So, uh, you know, I mean, if I was Daniel Hunter, uh, I'd be looking for a contender. He's not getting younger. He's I don't think he's quite 30 or not. He might be just 28, 29. I think he's got some good years left in him. There might be some contenders out there that might be interested in coming off of first for him. Yeah, he turned 29 this year, and he's a guy had a couple injury things throughout his career, but he's really productive when he's mm-hmm. on the field. You know, he's, he's a better player than Frank Clark. Even at this point, he's proven it more over a longer period of time consistently. So I, if they are actually willing to trade him, there, I don't think there would be a shortage of suitors. It just depends what are they looking to get back for him. Because um, as we've right. sort of seen with Delvin Cook, they aren't, it appears getting any sort of offer they're interested in. And I think when teams know that you're getting ready to just cut the cord on where your team's at currently, those offers might not be what you want, but if you're not going to pay them, you know, we'll see. I like to remind everyone just uh, not that long ago, uh, what a few years ago for like three or four years in a row, he was the number one edge in all IDP rankings on many IDP rankings talking about Daniel Hunter. Yeah, and maybe this is a chance for you to go out and try to get him cheap from someone, too, in one of your dynasty leagues. Or, you know, if there's uncertainty around him, maybe he falls in drafts and you could end up getting a bargain. We'll have to see how that plays out. But we do want to let you guys know here that the IDP Pros Manager Pod is supported by Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. And Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. 
Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. Double down on a favorite bet you like, or use it to create an awesome middle, or even a hedge if that's the sort of thing you're into. And Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark. They charge zero interest. Do you know of any other way you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying interest? You can also use Edge Boost's responsible gaming plan, where you can set up daily, weekly, and monthly limits across all your betting accounts in one place. So help support SGPN and IDP pros and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com forward slash edge to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com forward slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Make sure you check out Johnny the Greeks. Double down towards the end of this episode. He's on a streak, I believe. Game three, that Nikola Jokic uh, MVP bet's looking better and better, so hopefully you guys get in on that one early. <laughs> Don't miss Johnny the Greek's Cornerback Corner this season exclusively on Substack. Head over to cornerbackcorner.substack.com and subscribe now to catch Season 4 of the Cornerback Corner. Don't settle for set-and-forget corner options. Maximize your production and let's take home those titles. With a 72% accuracy over the last three seasons, 15-plus years of streaming corner experience, and 20-plus years of IDP experience, you're in capable hands with Johnny the Greek. Join me for the best streaming corner options and advice every week, all season long, in both written and audio format at cornerbackcorner.substack.com. Greatest coach Josh McDaniel said Divine Diablo is wearing the green dot for Las Vegas. They're really excited about him. We talked about him last week. It would have been last week, actually, because that's the AFC West. I was sitting there thinking about Spillane. Don't count him out yet. Don't count him out as ending up with this green dot because it's not shocking to see him giving uh, Diablo the dot off the top. He knows the damn defense. <laughs> Things can change late as preseason, even the, the week of. If you're looking for a deep sleeper, uh, good dot some Spillane somewhere. And injuries happen too. We know even if it's just for a few games or something, depending on the size of your bench, it's good to have good depth. Bill signed, re-signed rather, defensive tackle at Oliver to a four-year $68 million extension. So some big money there for a high draft pick and big-name collegiate player. And then Adam Schefter reported that the Bills signed Cameron Dantzler, formerly of the Vikings, so the cornerback going there for depth. But the big signing here, the Bills, again, it's a Bills-centric last part of the news, signed Edge Leonard Floyd formerly of the Rams and Bears, to a one-year contract. So they're adding some depth here. You know, we're not sure where Von Miller's going to be, if he's going to be ready to start the year. They've drafted a whole bunch of depth. they got A.J. Epinesa, Gregory Rousseau, Boogie Basham there. So, again, a veteran that's proven it over time to a team that is trying to get over that mm-hmm. hump to get to the Super Bowl and finally win one mm-hmm. for Buffalo. How do you like this signing, and how do you sort of compare it to the one with Frank Clark going to Denver? And like, which one do you like more? I'm going to have to throw my dart towards Clark in this situation because, I mean, just looking at it, this huge rotation at edge rusher just got bigger as long as everybody's healthy. So uh, I think that I was checking up on Von Miller. He's still a little bit questionable, I believe, for the first week or two. Leonard was just a no-brainer for them to add talent that can get after the ball. 
We've seen this uh, Buffalo's defensive line and addressers before. There just seems like we can't get guy that's going to get double digits. What we get is about three or four guys that'll have four or five or some crap like that, which is great for deep formats. But standard leagues, uh, guys like Ruzio has been a little bit uh, useless, basically, even though we believe that he should be on the edge of uh, breaking out. DL1 numbers is what we're, we're shooting for, right? Looking at the whole entire Buffalo defense, they've stacked it. They've got some youth mixed in with some really higher-end or used-to-be higher-end veterans, so they're solid. It's going to be interesting. I'm not really excited about Ed Oliver, at least IDP-wise. They said something about they thought that he still had the best ball at his. We'll, we'll, we'll see, but as a combination of a rotation, I have to think that uh, I'm just avoiding this is any kind of a DL or edge rusher linebacker play. I, I'm not liking it. If it ain't Matt Milano, I don't think I'm too interested. Some Poyer, but I'm avoiding the front. Yeah, I'm all right with that, Oliver, if you have him. And if you're taking one late for your third defensive tackle or something like that, he's a fine guy to plug in there and deputies to have. Dynasty leagues, it's fine to have him there, too. He's only 25. He turns 26 at the end of the year, so he's not super old. So, Ed Oliver's an interesting one uh, with that contract that he got. We know contracts and cap space and all that stuff aren't necessarily what makes me. Teams can get out of cap problems. Uh, but I did find the amount of money he got interesting. My only real takeaway for the defensive end edge situation with Leonard Floyd being added there, I'm still not giving up on Greg Rousseau. You know, he's a guy that's immensely talented, and he's mm. only 23. He just turned 23. So for Dynasty, he's still certainly a guy that, you know, if you can use this to get him at a bit of a discount to look at that. For a second-year guy in a rotation, he had a decent year. I mean, he had eight sacks, only 37 tackles. That's not what you want, but eight sacks, 10 tackles for a loss, being in a big rotation, only playing 13 games. Uh, it's pretty good for Rousseau for a guy that young, and he had those great sack tackle for a loss numbers in college, but he was raw coming out. So I'm still high on him, and I think you know having someone else to learn from here, um, Leonard Floyd, mm -hmm. and you know take some of that pressure off of him early in his career so he can refine it. I still love him in Dynasty. That's going to do it for our news and notes here. We are going to be switching into the NFC West IDP stock reports post NFL draft, of course, because we're going through the different divisions. So the first team we're going over here in this NFC West is going to be the Cardinals, and there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here. Zayvon Collins is the name that's popping out a lot, just you know the initial reports mm -hmm. and how he's potentially having his usage change from a linebacker to a guy on the edge. Certainly they have edge players. You know their their whole linebacking core. Why don't we just call it as it is? Defense is going through a rebuild right now. Zayvon Collins is a younger guy. I think he's going into year three here. How do you sort of feel about the news coming out, and how do you feel about his stock going into the year? It was pretty damn interesting to dive into Arizona over the last few days and really dive into this to the point that uh, can really analyze what the hell is going on. Collins moving to defensive end, outside linebacker. Hey, I got to admit, I thought it was a complete smoke screen when I first heard it. Nah, nope, this guy is it. This guy's going to be a force. I, I think he's in a great position. Give him a year to learn this position. I think we're going to be talking about a serious contender for a top 10 edge rusher in rankings going into next year, possibly. I think it could happen. I'm also seeing Isaiah Simmons as uh, safety with Jalen Thomas, Buda Baker, 
You got Kaiser White. There are beat reporters and there's reports coming out that they think that Kaiser White is going to come in there and just absorb all that production while Collins is off the edge and uh, Simmons is in the secondary. That's how it's reading across the board. I'd spent some time across on this. It's going to be really interesting. And where it's landed me is, well, Zayvon Collins had questions coming in. He did really well last year. He did produce it, no linebacker. I'm focusing on anybody off this Cardinals. I think I'm sticking with good old Budo Baker. I still like Simmons, but man, he's got to slide down, especially if he's marked as a linebacker, because I don't know what kind of rotation. I mean, what are they going to do with all of this talent they have? They can't play everybody 100%. Some of these names, maybe even Budo Baker, they're going to take a hit. Something is going to stir up, and I, I'm just kind of avoiding it all unless I really trust a veteran. That's about how I'll sum that up. Do you have any thoughts on anyone on the defensive line that piques your interest, given that Zach Allen's gone? I mean, looking at it across the board, there aren't any real names that most people are going to recognize from IDP production on that defensive front. Uh, well, we got to give Collins' stock up for sure. Okay. <sighs> I don't know about the whole stock down. I mean, I'm going stock down with Simmons. I'm going stock down with the, the defensive line across the board, the the interior guys. Kaiser White is a, I got to go that he, him and Collins are probably both standard ups right now. I just don't know how much faith to put into Kaiser White. Deep downs, well, we just got to keep throwing the defensive line under the bus. The IDP Pro Podcasts are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. And there are plenty of ways to win with NBA, NHL, and MLB player prop parlays as well. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. I was going to ask you about Jalen Thompson and cornerback situation, knowing that you might know the corners a little bit better. And if Simmons is definitely going to be in this rotation with safeties, what do we look like? What do we do with Thomas? He's actually been serviceable for the last couple of years. I think you're probably going to end up seeing more of Simmons use potentially as a slot guy because he's done some of that before and maybe not as much in the NFL. He did some of it last year, but he did some of that in college too. I think they're just going to use them wherever they feel like they can fit them into, whether it's linebacker, someplace, safety, some slot corner, others. He's a talent. You know, they didn't pick up his option. I'm pretty sure. So he's going to be a free agent next year. He's going to want to prove himself for a team to take a chance on. He was a high pick. He can certainly still pan out. This coaching staff could even end up wanting to resign him because, again, it's a new coaching staff or a new front office. They want to see how where he ends up doing this year, but the problem is just mm-hmm. that's a lot of money to put on someone where you're not sure if you're going to want him for next year. So I think he's going to be used all over, and it could end up hurting him. It could end up hurting everyone. But that linebacker group still just sort of unsure what's going on, and the defensive right. front, you know, the, the three or you know the four if you want to count Collins, but the other guys on the defensive front aren't any big names that anyone really – putting a lot of stock and doing a whole lot this year, which I think could hurt the linebackers. I mean, we saw it sort of with the Texans. That can be helpful for the safeties. You can still have safeties eat on a bad defense. They're the last line mm-hmm. of defense to get those guys to get through. I think Kaiser White is there because he knows the system. He was with him last year, you know, bringing over that savvy veteran that can help implement it. And I like White too. I just have questions with the poor 
what it seems like now, defensive front in front of him, how much he's really going to be able to eat compared to what people think. And if he does get sort of eaten up by those blockers that get through that defensive line, then it's going to be on the safeties. So I'm fine right. with those two. And if talked about it, if Buda Baker were to be moved somewhere else, certainly Thompson and then probably Simmons would be pointing up from where they are right now. We're talking about him again. If you know Gary, you've been hearing Gary talk about him for a few years here, but finally maybe we'll hear about the breakout of Ernest Jones. Maybe. Man, come on, dude. What are you, what are you doing? You're trying to jinx me? Yeah, look. I don't live okay. in a world of guarantees. For all we know, he's going to fall off a motorcycle or something this offseason. Oh. So oh, we're hopeful. We're hopeful my, again. My, Hope springs eternal. My ears. My ears, man. Come on. <laughs> Ernest Jones. Yeah. I, I like the guy, and I think he's set up. You know, we're looking at Bobby Wagner production. We're looking at number LB1 production. Um, can't call him a sleeper. You can't call him a breakout. He's just too well-known. He's been drafted as their linebacker one right now. So you're, you're not going to get any discounts. If you happen to see Ernest Jones anywhere on your waiver wires, go get him real quick, as fast as you can. So he's definitely, you know, a huge stock up in standard leagues. Uh, No-brainer there. Uh, then we have some kind of uh, situation with their depth. I mean, beyond that, uh, they have one guy, I believe, I read about that is Christian Z- Zaboo. Christian Roseboom. He he might have some appeal in some deeper leagues the last few years since I think uh, Mache's been there. The, the second linebacker really doesn't get that much uh, snaps to begin with. Ernest Jones did a really good job of getting – a lot of production in some low snap games last year. And he did have some, you know, decent snap games and they did increase at some point, uh, but that was an outlier. That's not usually how it works. As we know, now we do know that this entire defense is looking like shit. I think we basically got Aaron Donald for Jones. Those names are appealing. Michael Hoach, which had a little bit of a breakout last year. He's sleeping here playing some outside linebacker rusher, so in those types of leagues, uh, he's stock, he's definitely stock up and deeper, maybe even standard formats. I like him in standard formats. It's like the Ernest Jones love, you know, you live and die by the sword. So I, I, I might be um, putting Halch up a little higher than most people. This secondary, I don't know. It, it's really confusing what they have going on. <laughs> they went from what, Jalen Ramsey, some top end corners to – some unknowns. Jordan Fuller's looking kind of pretty right now, but who's yeast? Who do you have for a deep stock up? Anybody? I mean, someone's going to emerge from that safety group. The one veteran that started there, we've seen Jordan Fuller before. And just by the lack of other known quantities around him, I think he's probably going up a bit because like you said, not a lot of people are expecting this to be an amazing team. They've had a lot of turnover, especially in that secondary. I mean, I think the highest, drafted cornerback that they have by anyone, whether you know drafted by someone else moved or whatever's like a fourth round pick or something, mm-hmm. uh, which doesn't spell great expectations for how they're going to perform. Can be good for fantasy in terms of, because we know that that Rams offense, if Dafford's healthy, Cubs out there, they can put points on the board. So if it turns into a shootout thing, I mean, playing the cornerback waiver wire roulette, you could certainly find somebody that ends up being productive for you. So, you know, keep an eye on that. But it's super hard to predict that now. So if I had to pick someone, I would Jordan Fuller. In a best ball recently, I was really stoked 
and it's all IDP best ball. I was really stoked to get Aaron Donald in the middle of the second round. I think it was picking seventh or something. And quite a few defensive line and edge rushers had been taken off the board and before him. And this had like half and half gurus or so in it. So I was kind of stoked. Was that an overdraft though for me? Should I have let him slid? Is he lost his appeal? Because I got to tell you, I think the guy has it in him enough and he would put the big bang on before he sells off into the sunset. I think he could try and actually uh, go for the MVP again. Is it a one-year league? Yes, sir. Uh, for one year, I think that's perfectly fine place to draft him if it's just IDP. Yeah, yeah. I still believe Good in point. Aaron Donald. So, I mean, the only reason he wasn't great last year really is because you know he got hurt and he didn't play a ton. You know, it's probably the worst year of his career without bringing it up due to injury. If you're mm, asking me to believe he's going to repeat that one sort of outlier year or have more of the same of what he's done throughout his career, I'm going to stick with if he's coming back and he thinks he can do it again, he's not going to be one of those guys that just sort of you know gives up. And so, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Well, he's still got some records to set before he hits the Hall of Fame. Hey, all you crazy IDP fans. We are hosting the IDP Pros Breast Cancer Awareness Giveaway, where you can win a Roquan Smith Baltimore Ravens jersey. All you have to do to enter is donate $3 or more to any nationally recognized cancer organization and post a pic of your donation with the hashtag IDPROS. That's hashtag IDPPros. The drawing will be held on August 24th. Find more information on this podcast Twitter page or on any of your favorite IDP Pros accounts. Enter today and help us bring cancer to its knees. Seattle Seahawks, we didn't have a lot down on here. Gary, I kind of threw some other names in here, so see sort of what you think. And I'm just going to give you an idea that I had. Bobby Wagner. He had a sort of Mm -hmm. an unceremonious end to his time there with the Rams. It maybe wasn't as much as some people thought. You know, he's getting Mm -hmm. older. Even if you sort of look at rankings where he is, he's a little bit farther down than where he's been before. Going back to Seattle, where it's basically all he's known his career, team and system he knows, talent around him as far as the offense, certainly better. Defensive talents, you know, trending up a little bit. Sorry, Devin Bush just isn't going to be it. Jordan Brooks is injured. Could you still see him having that potential Monster linebacker machine. one? Yeah. Again, yeah. he's not being oh, really drafted yeah. there. He's being drafted, feels lower than I think he should. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I mean, this guy has led the league so many times in combined tackles. And he's done it in the, let's see, I'm going to actually say this. I, he's done it in the years when they had a way better defense back in the, what they called the damn, the Legion of Doom or something back in their heyday. Legion of know. Boom. So. Yeah, Legion of Boom, right, right. The moment he's got, you know, it's still the same old-looking Seattle defense. I, You can't trust Brooks. You've already pushed that, uh, pointed that out. Actually, I can't trust Brooks because of the PFF grades that he got last year and just his overall film just was kind of horrible. And now he's, you know, banged up anyways. He's got Devin Bush, another mediocre guy to be brought in. You know, and probably he won't be here next year. Bobby Wagner's just going to kill a bunch of box scores this year. He's just, it's going to be relentless. And as long as he stays healthy, 
I don't see how this guy can't be a top three pick to end up with the most combined tackles at the end of the season. Yeah, I, with where he's going, you know, I've seen him going closer to an LB2 than the LB1, and I'm really comfortable Nuts. for this year, certainly. And you know, I don't think he's probably going to hang it up after this year. We'll have to see, especially you know with this team in Seattle seemingly looking a lot better than it had been there for a few years. Uh, I think there's a chance he sticks around for a couple of years. So even in Dynasty, if you're getting him late, I don't mind that at all. Nope. And even if he does, it's still probably going to be worth it. A deep pick on this defense that you like for Seattle. I'm going to mess his name up. Boye Moff, Mafe, the edge Close enough. This is another guy that he's got standard league appeal as long as, as much as some deep upside. He's got to be stocked up. For the fact that he's coming in and uh, Daryl Taylor, none of the rest of these guys uh, have ever overproduced for how C- Seattle deploys them. Uh, they usually have some rotation, a defensive lineman or edge rusher. It'll be hit and miss. It, it's just it's another, like we was talking about Buffalo earlier. It's pretty deep. So um, with Daryl Taylor probably losing snaps, um, we're hoping to see Mafe uh, Boye. I'm going to mess it up again. We're, we're hoping to see him, uh, you know, pick up some slack and actually start hitting home. That's the reason that he's deep because there's still doubt that that can happen. Just by their defensive scheming, it it just never goes anywhere. And the thing about Mafe, he was a, I don't remember if it was a second or third round pick last year. Darrell Taylor is going to be a free agent after this year. You know, he had a nice season last year, but his first real big year after, you know, being injured first year in the league and then you know, having to build up to production the way Seattle's doing this and drafting after Derek Hall this year too, an edge player. They got Uchenna Nwosu. So I think the tea leaves are pointing towards Darrell Taylor leaving after this year. You know, the ambiguity that comes with that and never elite right. production. Uh, I agree with you sort of trending down. And I, I feel the same way about Jamal Adams, frankly. Just, you know, right. they went out and have three quality safeties there right now with signing Love and Diggs still there. Not sure if he's going to be healthy to start the year. Pete Carroll, of course, doesn't know when he's even going to be able to give an update about it. And as much as I don't believe players to be injury prone, um, if someone was, it's probably Jamal Adams just because of how big and that play style that he has where he throws himself around. It's mm-hmm. great on the field and healthy, but. So far, it seems like his body's just starting to break down on him, unfortunately, which you hate to see for a great player, but it feels like that's what's going on with him. And he's still being drafted. Talk about, you know, leagues that are drafting now and stuff. He's still one of the top defensive backs being taken in a lot of places, which too high of a price for me. I can't blame others if they're doing that. I mean, you're throwing darts at defensive backs anyhow, if they're not named Jordan James at this point, you know. So you might as well go ahead if you want it. You like Adams? Go for it. Not me. Uh, with Brooks, Bush, Adams, Love, Diggs, in the quarterback or cornerbacks, I think they're all borderline stocks. They can go up or they can go down because everything hinges off everything else that's got to happen before we ever even see it at this point. Brooks going to be available. Bush going to start the year. Uh, then it's going to switch when Brooks comes back. What you know? Where's that situation? Adams, the love, the the digs. You know, I, I see Jordan Love. I understand what he did with the Giants last year. I, I want to make sure everybody understands what he did with the Giants last year is because of the, how that free safety role that he played with the Giants last year 
produces year in and year out for the last five years. All right. It's not quite the same over in Seattle to begin with. So you might want to start thinking about letting his slide down the board a little. And then he's Adams is going to be there even if he doesn't play. So let's look at it like Love and Diggs. Who do you actually think between Love and Diggs would be the safety if Adams is all of a sudden out for the rest of the year? We get to find out early, I guess you could say. <laughs> if I had to pick one, I'd go with Love just because he's had higher production. I think he's shown more viability to play both of those roles. Yeah, I, I don't have an argument for you because – I think most people avoid the hell out of digs and they've been avoiding digs unless they have to pick them up off the waiver wire for years. And it's just, it doesn't matter. You would think when Adams is out, digs is automatically going to be a guy that's going to be a top DB one. People think that all the time. Diggs does have good seasons. Diggs, Diggs has had good games and stretches. But he's never ended the season, I think, that I can remember in recent history where he's like a top five defensive back, top 10 defensive back. You're going to come right into the next season and look at some rankings and the defensive back rankings, and he's nowhere up in that top 15. I usually never see him nowhere. I wouldn't yeah. put him up there. So it, it, it's all an outlier thing. Bobby Wagner, go get you Bobby Wagner and enjoy the hell out of it. The only cornerback I'd say that I'd have interest in, and he's probably going to go higher than I would take him because I don't really draft cornerbacks much, but Devin Witherspoon, the rookie out of Illinois, he's a physical, good tackler. Now, Tariq Woolen, I believe they said he's recovering some some sort of surgery or something, but assuming he's healthy and starting the year, he proved himself last year as a great cornerback. Teams are going to be more likely to throw at the rookie than they are the proven vet. So I mean, some interest in him if you can get him later off of waivers and you have to play a cornerback. What's that? Your computer has another virus? Well, my friend, you need help to stop your obsession with the dirty O. All of this searching for air yards and yards after catch and blah, blah, blah. Stop your dirty O obsession by searching for the IDP Pro Players Podcast instead and focus on the other side of the balls. I, I mean ball. The crew on the IDP Pro Players Podcast care about you and your technology by holding true to their no dirty O mantra. Every week, Gary and John bring you the IDP content you need to save your rosters and dominate your league while avoiding the dirty O. So save your technology by tuning into the IDP Pro Players Podcast with your longtime and totally unoffensive veteran hosts, Johnny the Greek and Gary the IDP Tipster. Follow them on Twitter at capital I, capital D, capital P, R O. One word at the IDP Pro Players Pod. Craig, you remember Benny Hill. Do you know who Benny Hill is? I, I, I know Benny Hill from Yakety Sacks and watching some old videos on like YouTube. Like I I think my grandpa may have had a VHS tape of his stuff because he had like I think it was like Red uh -huh. Fox and like all these guys, you know, that he had VH, VHS tapes um that I would watch as a kid back at uh, my grandparents' place. So yes, I'm aware of who Benny right. Hill is, but mainly from Yakety Sacks. They were playing the shit out of all of his reruns and when I was a little kid and uh, my father did not pay for cable back in the early eighties. So we watched a lot of like, you know, air TV and Benny Hill would come on like at 11 o'clock at night. He'd actually let me stay up. I couldn't have been five, six, seven, eight years old. I watched him for quite a few years. 
And I would watch Benny Hill, you know, with the melons looking like they did and the bullheaded guys always in the inappropriate places. The, the slapstick comedy was pretty cool. Speaking of uh, slapping and sticking, we're going to the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> defensive front here for our first player with stock up. A guy who's going to be hopefully slapping some heads and sticking to that defensive starter position. Drake Jackson, the guy, they're kind of trying to find that other starter across from Nick Bosa next to Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave. It's a great spot with those guys there drawing attention on the defensive line. Jackson was a second round pick in 2022. You like him. What do you like about him? Oh yeah. I love him. I love him as a uh, kind of a sleeper guy for standard leagues. I mean, definitely stock up and he was stocked up anyways, coming in before the Hargrave just for the fact that he was uh, inheriting the starting job after we think who is the guy that keep adding back the longtime 49er. He was on there last year. He, He's been like the other edge rusher from Nick Bozer for a long time when he's healthy. Either way, he's finally at least he's gone. I can't remember his name. So Drake Jackson is right there. Javon Hargrave is going to make him better. And then you got Nick Bozer coming off the other side. Drake Jackson, I think, could end up the season not with triple or double digits uh, sacks, but I think that we could see somewhere from a half a dozen to eight of them. Now, is it going to be a situation where we think he's going to have a lot of tackles to back that up to make him a straight-out top option in standard leagues? Likely not. There's not going to be enough to go around when you've got guys like Greenlaw and Warner, which I think both of those dudes were just like uh, PFF's picks for best linebacker duo heading into the season. And is, is there any argument that they're not? No, they're right up there, certainly. I don't know how you could argue they're not in the conversation. When it comes to Drake Jackson, I do like him in standard leagues as a stock sleeper option. I can't straight out say, go get this guy and, you know, think he's going to start. So you better have some deep benches. But think sleeper and deeper formats. Definitely get this guy on your uh, roster. If you're looking for someone in the range of a DL2 with a rotational uh, bye week type situation. But again, sleeper potential is here. The breakout potential is also here as an edge rusher for Drake Jackson just by force. This is a dominating defensive line at the moment. Armstead doesn't suck. He just plays the role. Yeah, and he was hurt last year. He only played in like four games last year, so people kind of forgot about him. If we're going anywhere with any stock downs, it's got to be Javon Kinlaw. I believe he's in the last year of his contract, too. Uh, What are you doing with that? I have him in a few places. I was so hopeful for him, but like injuries caught up with him. And what is it? Not even summer yet, but you know, end of spring going into summer, hype pieces out about him and how. I mean, the guy looks like a monster when you look at him, and he he was great in college. I had so much hope for him, and he could still figure out and turn it around here. But he's more of a defensive tackle anyway. Um, I was thinking, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you have him next to Armstead and Bosa. It just hasn't panned out for him. So. You know, if you're in a really deep league like some of mine where you got 55-man rosters and that sort of stuff when you're IDP, like, sure, hang on to him or put him on a taxi squad if you still kind of in some leagues see what happens. But he's mainly left out on waivers there. Same thing with Clellan Farrell. Talk about a high draft pick that just never panned out. You know, he was brought over as an edge guy from the Raiders. He's like the mm-hmm. third overall pick, something like that. But, again, mm-hmm. yeah, 
none of those guys just sort of feel like reclamation projects or the guys that you're hopeful on do I have a whole lot of interest in. Ever notice these days how things have changed with sports entertainment? Suddenly everyone is edgy and they don't mind offending people with offensive words. It's everywhere. Podcasts, radio, to primetime TV. All I want are NFL defensive player reports. Maybe a quick update on the best streaming corners. And yet, I have to hear about the dirty O. That's right. <gasps> offensive player discussions and hot takes blocking my path to the sweet, sweet defensive information I need. Bullshit. That was until I found the IDP Pro Players Podcast. And now, unless the IDP Pro's John or Gary mess up, Uh-oh. I know I'm not going to be offended by their no dirty O approach. Damn. So take my word for it. Catch the Sports Gambling IDP Pro Player Podcast every week and leave the dirty O behind. So if you or someone you know has an IDP degenerate problem, that's terrific. And the fantasy move to make is to go follow a couple of the best veterans in the fantasy football industry. That was on Twitter at capital I, capital D, capital P, R-O. One word at the IDP Pro Players Pod. Oh, yeah. The IDP Pro Podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network are brought to you by Edge Boost. My Edge Boost Double Down Play of the Day is for the Dallas Cowboys to beat nine and a half wins this season. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash edge. Oren Burks there, Gary, before I unceremoniously cut you off. Sorry about that. Oh, no, it was perfect because uh, that's what we ought to probably do about the conversation about Burks. I, I they've, I guess we're more throwing out a red flag here. Uh, he is a depth guy. So if you do see him like at a strong side linebacker position or something like that, he's not really going to hold any value. It's probably not a position that's even going to amount to much in snaps per game. The only appeal we have with Oren Burks is if he might be a handcuff for one of the two, uh, Greenlaw or Fred Warner. That's about it. Just wanted to throw that out there. And I think they re-signed Demetrius Flanagan Fowles or something like that. He was another guy that they had taken later in a draft. And he's never done a whole lot out there. You know, Burks was the third round pick by the Packers. They got injured sort of earned himself it seems at the moment the first shot to be that third linebacker and yeah it's more of like exactly what you said one of these guys the were fall. to get injured it kind of feels like he'd be the guy they'd turn to it, w- it wouldn't be surprising if they add somebody when it comes to preseason and sign them a free agent or something another guy for me that you know there had been some talk about just by attrition from the position um was Tayshawn gibson people are talking about oh it's looking like he might start for them not a great position like the free safety anyway, but uh, it sounds like he may end up getting usurped by a rookie, Jair Brown. Of course, it's OTAs, but he's looking great, you know, just in terms of what he's doing as a rookie, in terms of always being around the ball. They're talking about him baiting into quarterbacks, into throwing, and, you know, reading the route and being able to get in there and make plays and figure that stuff out as a rookie, which is great to hear. Um, so I'm not saying he's going to be the starter or anything like that, but uh, if he does end up earning time, it's at least going to cut into Deshaun Gibson, which wasn't a great spot to begin with for Gibson. He did have some outlier stretches last year. He actually impressed me with the free safety position and IDP production more than Jimmy Ward ever had. And Jimmy Ward was there for, what, six decades or something? 
And so no, not know, it was six years, maybe not not six decades. Oh yeah, my bad, my bad, six <laughs> years. But it felt like six decades because nothing ever came out of it. If the guy, yeah. anyway, it was all frustration. So it was nice to see Gibson bring something in. We could actually start seeing some production out of that free safety because of what Gibson showed. They have a oh man, I don't I don't know. I'm going to go right back to that San Fran defensive line. Is there any better one? In the NFL right now, starter-wise? Off the top of my head, no. Oh, they're going to kill it. They're going to kill it. I love that line. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to go through teams here quick in my head, and I'm not thinking of anything. If they were a bit younger, oh, no, because that's that's only two guys. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the 49ers, and they only have really one, which you'd want to call potential weak spot with that other edge. Hard to argue. As long as you got Greenlaw and Fred Warner – you can have those kinds of, you know, holes in front on that line, but I don't think Drake Jackson's a hole. I, yeah, I don't think he's a liability. I think Jackson's going to be able to at least hold his own. So I, I think we're good to go. Love this line. That is our NFC West IDP stock up, down update after the NFL draft. We'll be switching it up before we go back to more of that in a couple of weeks. But next week, we're going to be sort of looking over fantasy pros near the top, the IDP rankings, and sort of seeing who's up there, who's moving up, who's moving down, what we like, what we don't like. Anyone that has thoughts on rankings for those top IDP guys, tune into that. Pop in your questions. Let us know. Thank you guys for everyone that was watching us live on YouTube. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Turn on the notification bell so you get the little jingle in your pocket if you're on your phone or on your computer when people are going to be going live. And like this button if you liked it. Drop a comment. Let us know what you think. Gary, going into the weekend, any big plans? Any exciting stuff going on for you here? Some editing. Finish up some articles. Hang out with the wife. Yeah, usual. You? Son's got a baseball tournament tomorrow, so we got that going on. So, so you have to take all five Six kids to the game? No, it's close enough. It's like 15 minutes from our house or so. So I'm going to the early game with them. She's going to bring them to the second game. They're going to hang around and play for a while then, and then I'll take them back later, and she'll be there for the third game. So it's only three games. It's not a ton, but it's quite a bit for kids that are 10. And uh, we each get to see two out of the three games, so it works out pretty well. Nice. Hey, we'll see you next week. In the meantime, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be